in our society where we the way we live now we made you know death optional but we and so it becomes so dark and heavy but it's not because it also shows us how did we love how did we live and if we can really come to this you know i lived well or i loved well then we can be with the death welcome to the juggling the chaos of recovery podcast where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. Thank you for coming back today. And I'm so excited today for a couple of reasons. Uh, There is a new platform that's kind of like a Tinder for podcasters. (laughs) Some people call it that, but it's called matchmaker.fm. And if you're a podcaster, check it out. It is a way that you can find guests for your podcast and guests can find you to be on your podcast. Um, You can find other podcasts to be on. I mean, it's just a great connection app. And so um, Claudia, who is uh, joining me today, um, I found on matchmaker.fm. So wonderful for that connection. And then secondly, uh, I just continue to uh, believe uh, in a higher power, in a God of my understanding. And I know that there are certain times in my life that I continue to get confirmation that there is one. And in this particular case today, there's no doubt that there is a reason why we're having this conversation today. Um, Claudia Goltzelman is uh, a wonderful soul, yet one of the things that she is wonderful at is she's an end of life doula. Um, She talks about trauma and grief. And my mother is in the midst of transitioning to hospice. And uh, as we speak, and I believe that this conversation today will feed my soul and be exactly what I need, as well as I know you listeners uh, will get value. So today, Claudia Goltzelman, thank you for joining me today. I'm so just so lovely to connect with you. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm really excited to be here as well. And yes, I agree. It's always timely. There seems to be some higher form and guidance, right, that we had to connect and exactly have today this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. And, you know, Claudia is a, she's coming to us today from Berlin, although she's from L.A., um, again, I always, I told her that as we connected, I'm always thrilled when I can connect with people through technology when they're across the pond or across the world someplace. So I think it's really neat. And uh, again, bless that you're here today. You know, tell us a little bit, well, let me back up. So what I was attracted to as I saw your profile on Matchmaker was this part of your business and part of your coaching, part of your passion, how you help other people is that you give them permission to bloom. And I love that. I was like, I have to learn more about that. Plus, you had a really cool video on there to to welcome us and to introduce yourself to us. And I know that that business, if you will, that coaching came as a result of, you know, some things that happened in your life. So 
as I do with my guests, I love to start there to kind of start up, you know, with, with your story of mm. your life kind of, but you know, we only have a little while, <laughs> but um, you know, how you got to what you're doing today um, with mm. what brought you to today and what you're doing to help others. Yeah. Well, permission to bloom, isn't it? It's fascinating. The name actually came to me as I was looking for a name for my for my coaching practice. And it's just I woke up one morning and I realized that I did give myself permission to bloom. Um, I went through a crisis. I went through a um, heart-wrenching divorce. And I would like to say that um, part my old self died. And um, I got to, you know, was I felt really I was in the gutter and I was in the mud and the dirt and... I got to sort of look at myself and rebirth myself. And while I was doing that, it ignited my interest in death, actually, because I felt like I was dying. So I became an end-of-life doula. I made it make it really short, mm -hmm. <laughs> my story. But so then I thought, well, you know, end-of-life, that's fascinating. Um, I don't know if I really want to completely work on the end-of-life. So then I went on and did um, spiritual life coach training. And then that led to permission to bloom. And so, yes, I feel like I gave myself the permission to bloom again. And I believe that we all need to give ourselves that permission. It doesn't just happen automatically. We consciously, when we're in crisis, no matter what happens to us, how big or small, we need to give ourselves the permission to rebirth or to step into our authentic self. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that what's really interesting about, again, the work that I do and the just my life that I've lived with um, a daughter who's had, who has some, you know, mental health struggles, there's been well, many times that she hasn't been here with us, you know, she's been in treatment and things like that. And there was one particular time that um, I was here, you know, locally and going to a housewalk and with some of my friends and my daughter was in the age of high school, yet she was in a treatment facility, no, so not with us. And so I went around with some friends to the house, beautiful housewalk, and it was lovely, beautiful afternoon. And yet I saw mothers with daughters. I saw children who were my daughter's age, my daughter's friends. And I just had a little bit of pain in my heart. And as I got it, I remember as I got into my car at the end of the walk, I started to cry. And I just didn't know what that was all about. And I was uh, with a therapist at that time. And so I shared that with her at our next session. And she, we talked through it. And I said, you know, I saw, wow, they had these, this lovely relationship, this lovely friendship and all that. And first of all, you know, what we see isn't always true. But yet she said, there is a point that we do sometimes grieve for this life that we wish we had. Yeah. And that is certainly, it, it hit home. It was so appropriate for me because that's what I was looking at, these mothers with daughters. And I was like, I don't get to have that with my daughter. Yeah. And that's a life that I wish I had. And I continue to, there are times that we miss things together. And I feel like I haven't, I mean, I'm married to um, a man for 26 years, so I haven't gone through a divorce, but I have to imagine that that's kind of the same, like we have something that happened, you know, we're in a marriage and then it, it changes. Mm -hmm. And then our life is not what we expected it to be. And I think we have choice, right? We can right. choose to let that bring us down and we stay down. Or like you're saying, 
we can give ourselves permission to bloom again. Yeah. You know, I feel that we all experience many deaths throughout our lives. And we often don't a, know that we are going through these deaths. And we feel um, these knots in our belly. And then we don't have the language or the tools to work through it. And then we're also grieving. And it's the same thing. We often don't even know what we're grieving. And it's exactly what you just described in your situation with your daughter. You were grieving the absence of that, that life you actually wished you would have. And that leaves an empty space, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to honor it. We need to grieve it because it shows us also the love we you know, this is aliveness. And, and, but if we, we can hold it and gracefully acknowledge it and then put it down and, and, and also be with the new situation, welcome the new situation. Because, you know, this is this whole you experienced. I don't have that life like the other women with their daughters. So it left that empty space, but there's another space to be filled with a new situation, with a new kind of love. It's equally good. There's no judgment. It's just a change. And when I think when we have the tools to go with that and understand the process, then we can heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so walk through that again. So is it, again, the grieving, you know, just so people can really hear that and I can hear that again too. It's, it sounds like it's the, the recognition or the noticing of what's happening and yeah. grieving through that and then well I'll let you talk I asked you yeah. to <laughs> well you know so let's say some something um leaves us because it's no longer meant for us or it's just not for us or situation changed sometimes out of our control but it's a fact and we like to attach to those things and that makes it hard right that creates the pain the pain might be okay, but suffering doesn't have to be. It's by accepting. I think life really is filled with acceptance. And but we often we as the normal average person don't have the tools for that. Where do we gain the tools? We don't learn them in kindergarten or school or in, you know, usually we learn them through the hard through hardships and it takes us to go really far down and into the darkness of ourselves and some people stay there, right? Depression, anxiety, addiction, never come out. So, but if we can have these tools and we can understand, I would say nothing truly actually belongs to us. Everything we're experiencing in our life is an enormous gift. And if we can come to our daily life, it's the daily work also, I'm not saying it's easy. But if we can come to that and be like, when we wake up in the morning with this gratitude and say, wow, I'm gifted this, I'm, I'm gifted to be here and then realize the abundance we actually have, then in, we can be with these changes or these small and big deaths, mm -hmm. which are, we all experience it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, you mentioned, of course, addictions and disorders, and that's what we talk about on this, yeah. this podcast. And I think that those things start to develop, if you will, where people go to those type of um, vices or things like that to help to cope with 
the pain with mm-hmm. things looking different than what they expected them to be or feeling out of control and they become comfort for them right even yeah. though many times those addictions are killing them you know in one way or another but they grab onto those things be it an eating disorder or yeah it's numbing of a pain internal pain we cannot face it does not feel safe to 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 allow whatever pain it is and often the pain is subconscious sometimes these traumas people experience they they they're not even ours they're you know ancestral or they were somehow came to us when we before we had language before we were even born so it's really hard sometimes to understand and only really really deep work curiosity the enormous willingness to go and explore who we are and heal it mm-hmm. right right because you have to take those you have to take those things away that are numbing you out mm. and, you know that's the first step right but then what that does is open you up and there's that that there's that pain and i yeah. know from myself work that i've done if it's going to a retreat or going to a therapist or um, talking with a friend. I mean, it can be all of those times that we start to look at ourselves and uncover that and then work with that pain. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's scary to be, because there can, there's a lot of pain. I'm here to right. tell you that, you know, yeah. and it can be scary to just start to experience that. But on the other yeah. side, right, as we go through that, there can be yeah. some peace. And then, you know, it's it's this courage you have to bring to yourself to look at it. But then often there's a lot of outside social pressure, even to shame, you know, maybe whatever the situation is and you're maybe it feels safer because of the shame to just again, numb again and not allow this, those feelings to come up. Mm-hmm. It, it's complicated. It's mm-hmm. No, there's no quick fix. It's it's a long-term process with the enormous courage and willingness to discover who we truly are. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that those are two really key words is being willing and just being courageous. Um, mm. You know, one of the, um, I'm in a women's circle then, and we meet once a month uh, to support each other, just a few women. And we do some lovely um, meditation and just connecting with each other and holding space for our, ourselves and each other and supporting each other. And it's it's just a lovely spot to be in where we can allow ourselves to be open, to support each other, to just, just to be us and to be safe right. with that you know, yeah. with that openness. And it often, I don't know, I'm just very blessed to have that space because it's just, it's hard to find that, you know, we're mm-hmm. such a rush, 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 and, you know, everything's great. Everything's great. But we right. need to find those places where we can just be, Raw. you know, be open and safe and held yeah. and things like that. And one of the things that she, the the gal that runs the the circle is that she has us, um, like at the beginning of the year, we have an intention for the year. Mm. And um, it's a really, it's a great way to just kind of have that theme, if you will, but just kind of the intention of like what's going on and how we can, again, support each other throughout the year. And a couple of years ago, um, as I got started with this group, she talks about I'm the possibility of. 
and then fill mm-hmm. in the blank. And then the story that I'm putting away is, and Beautiful. there's just been a lot of, there's been a lot of um, discord changes, you know, uh, a life that I didn't expect the last few years. And so there was just a lot of changes. And as I started to do the work and work on myself and things like that, again, it was still a lot of, it was just a lot of, and so I chose the word courage mm-hmm. and I'm the possibility of courage and courage to sit in that space of kind of uncertainty and change and like not be, cause I'm, you know, I like to control things. I didn't, I think I was thought that I was past that, but again, I just, sometimes I don't like that when it's, I'll just take control. I'll take, I'll do it. Mm. But I was the possibility, I said, I was a possibility of courage to just sit in that space of just not sure what's going to happen. And, um, and I actually held that word for two years because Mm. the first year I chose it, there was just a lot of, and it was almost like, again, it was really scary for me as I sat in that space and these women really supported me. And yet the second year I said, I'm going to keep it because things were really they were still changing, but they were, I felt like there was, they were really trending towards a positive space. I could see some of the changes. I could see some of the things happening that felt so much better. So I kept that, I kept that word for the year and I put away, I'm trying to remember what I put away. I I know I put away something like I put away the story that I'm not good enough uh, Mm. or I'm putting away the story that things won't get better. I think that's what I, and it's just a lovely practice to do really anytime, but we love it at the beginning of the year. And I thought of that when you said, you know, courage, because so much of this, even as people have said to me, as I've shared the story of my daughter and the struggle that I've had with that, they've said, you know, wow, how'd you get the courage? I'm like, I don't know, but, (laughs) but I do know that as we share our stories, then we can help other you know, we yeah. can help other people. You know, I, I think it's amazing that you found this group that you can be together and hold each other and support each other. And I feel that it also nourishes the courage because we realize we're not alone. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when we go through these hardships, like, you know, and then the way we live right now, social media is saying, oh, everybody has this amazing life. Why me? why I am not, you know, doing this and that, or why do I need to suffer? But then when we find these, when we dig a little bit, you know, it's all of us. We're all somehow traumatized and broken. We all have stories to bring and it's normal. And I feel we need to normalize our realness. There's something, you know, and through that realness, we also connect that was what really nurtures our intimacy. And that's another thing we want, right? We seek so much meaningful connections, exchange on a deeper level, and this intimacy. And I'm not talking about the romantic intimacy. I'm just the intimacy of really being seen, like in your support group, for instance. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, it's okay to, to, to allow, to say, I'm suffering. I really had a horrible week. I was down. I struggled with the hope. I hardly could take a shower. There is no judgment to that. It is just normal that we go through this. You know, life is up and down and up and down. And by allowing, I feel like this is also so, so important. By allowing to say that to oneself and to a support group, 
it takes so much of the actual internal pressure away just by speaking it out and admitting it instead of suppressing it. That mm-hmm. creates more like, right? It's just keeping it in takes so much energy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, again, I feel like this is so appropriate as I think about my relationship with my mother and the life that I've had with my parents. And I've had a wonderful, you know, wonderful upbringing and they raised me right. And, and yet I've shared on this podcast before, as I went away to college, I felt like I really had a hard time with my self-confidence and making decisions for myself. And as I look back and have looked back we didn't talk about, I always say, we didn't talk about the bad stuff. You know, we, everything was good. I mean, we were from an English descent and English, it's just, everything's good and proper. And we just don't talk about the struggles and that didn't always serve me very well. And, um, I've come to believe like what you're saying, like this feels so good. It was, it's been uncomfortable at times and kind of a foreign place to be where, you know, if you're in a retreat or you're in a women's circle and they ask you to really open up, I mean, if you haven't done that before, it is, Mm -hmm. it is unfamiliar and scary, but I've learned, you know, the importance of that. And as I am, you know, looking at my mother and the end of her life coming and the end of my life, you know, physically on earth, you know, with her being with me, you know, it's, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, I was led to, well, let's see, a couple of years ago, my daughter, when I went to visit her at one of her treatment facilities, and it was her birthday, I went to, to Denver and spent the weekend there. And she's, we took her out to lunch and she said, oh, I want to go to this one shop before him. Okay, whatever you want to do, honey. So we went there and she wanted to get some mala beads, like the yoga mm-hmm. mala beads. Right. And she said that... Uh, you know, some of her friends had gone there from treatment. I'm like, great, let's go there. So we went in, but before we could just pick out the mala beads, we had a, um, there was an Indian gal and she did an astrological, she like read our, read our charts, if you will. And um, it was interesting. I was like, whatever you want to do. So my brother and I sat down and we listened and it was so interesting what this gal, and I'd never experienced that before. And it was so intriguing to me that I was like, I'll do that too. So sure enough, i gave her my birth. And if you know anything about astrological charts and, mm-hmm. and she started to, and I don't know if I told you this story in our, when we chatted before, but it's pretty appropriate for today. So she read, you know, she read my charts and she was talking about lots of things that were just so appropriate. And she said, there's a, is your mother still alive? And this was three some years ago. And I said, yes, mm-hmm. she's alive. And she said, well, you need to just go see your mom and be of service to your mom. And she said that several, several times. And I was like, okay, she lives in the next town over when I get home, I'll see my mother. And we finished that up and had a lovely weekend. And so that was in December, then came back home. And sometime in January, my girlfriend invited me to a, uh, we have some salt rooms here where you can go and sit in the salt room with Himalayan salt and for relaxation and detox and things. But a friend of hers was having a session there. And then she was an intuitive and so she was doing some intuitive readings while we relaxed and all that. She goes, would you like to come? It's the energy clearing. And I knew nothing. I was like, I don't know. But I really, I thought <laughs> it sounded good. I could use some energy clearing because the energy was a little tough. So I went and, mm-hmm. you know, relaxed, listened to Enya. She did the readings and came when she came to me to review it. She said, you know, whatever she said about my chakras and all that. And she said, oh, a female figure keeps coming up. 
And um, she said, is your mother still alive? I said, yes, she is. I mean, this is almost a month apart from each other. And she said, well, you need to go visit your mom. You need to contact her. You need to be of service to her and all that. And okay, so I took that. And then I kept in touch with this gal and, um, you know, the intuitive and had a few more conversations with her. And she always brought up my mother. Hmm. And I said, what is... I said, okay, I don't see her that much, but she does live in the next town. She said, you just need to be with her. And I said, what are you, what are you sensing in the universe, if you will? Is she going to die? And she said, I don't think so. I don't think she's going to go from the physical world real quickly. But she said, I'm not sure she's just going to be with you so much longer. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, from that moment on, for the next three years, is when she got diagnosed with Parkinson's. And her health has declined. And if that, that showed me that there is whatever it is you want to call it, if you want to call Mm. it intuition or a God or whatever, Mm. but I say that because ever since that, I forgot about all the stuff in the past with my mother and all of the struggles and all the judgment that I felt that she brought against me. And when I was with my mother, I was with, I was of service to my mother and Mm. I still am today. And I have to tell you, as I look at her, again, this couldn't be more appropriate to be able to talk to you about this. As I look at her transitioning to her next life, I it's going to end well for me. Like I made peace with my mother mm-hmm. and I feel like there was some t- that I talked about some of those hard things and not mm-hmm. all the stuff like, oh, mom, you did this. But as I had some concerns or I had some things that came up in the last few years, I brought him to him and I talked to her about it, but not in a blaming way, but like more of a realization, like, Hey mom, I used to think that like you were really, I remember having a conversation with her saying, you know, I, I just, I felt like there were times that you were really kind of judging the lifestyle that I had and that it wasn't exactly the way that you wanted it to be, if you will. Mm. But I said, I realized that perhaps you just wanted the best for me, you know? And so you made comments. So you tried to steer me in different directions and you really just wanted the best for me. And so I said, I just, I said, you know, you taught me to be a very strong woman and to have, you know, in the face of adversity. And I just, and I thanked her for that. And I remember she said, well, that's like, it was around Thanksgiving. And she said, well, that's one of the most, my father said it because they were both here. And he, he said, well, that's one of the most precious gifts you could ever give us. Mm, wow. So I say that because again, I think we have to, for me, it served me so well to just open up a little bit more and be vulnerable and be courageous to, um, and not again, bring up all the past, but let's no. talk authentically and have those connections. Cause again, I'm looking at my mother, not being here much longer and mm-hmm. I want it to end well. And right. so when I go with her and I sit with her, I'm like, well, what do you need, mom? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need, mom? And she said the other day when I left the hospital, I said, well, I'll see you later, mom. And she said, well, when's that going to be? Okay. I'm not sure my mother has ever asked me when she's going to see me again. Mm-hmm. And it just meant so much. I said, mom, I'll be back tomorrow, which I wasn't back yesterday because I had to, I went and helped my dad get the apartment ready but I'm going to go there today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that being said, it's just, 
I, I don't know. It's just talking about some of these things that, and not, not keeping it all inside that just, it just re, when you said that keeping it all inside, there's so much throughout my life that I haven't shared with my mother or with others and talked about because I've been afraid or I didn't know how to do it, or I didn't have mm. those tools. And I just, it's just so, it's just so valuable to, to do that or to find somebody like you mm. that you can work with to help you process through yeah through that time it's so beautiful thank you for sharing the story and you know and also that you had the courage to be open actually to go and trust what these two women told you there's something about your mother that you could see it and hear it that's powerful in itself and and that put you on that journey of reconnecting in a new and different way and finding that peace it's probably mutual you know everything is energy and so she could have more peace within herself and you and you change relationships through, through that because of the way you could see her and come to her. And I think that's, you know, often all it needs. Maybe things don't all need to be said. So much is in between the words, you know, they're just a gesture, the energy, the touch, the look. You mm -hmm. know, and at the end, you know, it's like I believe that our parents did the best they could because they lived in a different time they have different values than we have nowadays and it's the same you know with the children moving forward so we always try I, I truly believe that we all try to do the best we can until we know better and do then do better but you know and, and as you said there's so many with your mom maybe there was all these restrictions of again the social outer world of it's the with the cultural background of being English and things it was just not proper to talk about. And also a generational thing. I see this with my own parents. You know, I address things and in the beginning they became they were really squirmy. They were like, Well, that makes us uncomfortable. Don't, you know, talk about that. And my mom would just walk away. Hmm. She just walks away, didn't feel safe, didn't feel good until slowly, slowly she realized, you know, there is something about that and probably you also feel more connected to your mom now mm -hmm. you i know? do and that's something you treasure forever after when this transition indeed happens from form to formless that you are carrying that as a memory forward mm -hmm. yeah. and it's yeah it's a wonderful thought that i do have that as opposed to that angst and yeah just you know kind of rub and stuff sometimes when i was around my mother i would rather have mm -hmm. this feeling of mm, and you know Thanks. peace right yeah. and i'm glad that i and i'm glad for those women and i'm glad that i like i you know i'm glad that i heard that and that i took that to heart because yeah i do have that peace that you know you, you don't we don't get this time you know we don't get this time back no. and um i do agree with what you said you know they do that's what i've learned they we do the best that we can. And there's so yeah. many generational patterns that happen. And so they act because this way, because of this and what they saw there. And so, and the grandmother and the, you know, all of mm -hmm. that. Um, and sometimes we don't give enough attention to that and give enough, you know, to say, yeah, they, they're just doing the best they can. I like what you said, you know, that you do, we do the best we can until we know better. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps we, I spoke with someone on this podcast. He said that he just made a commitment to break that 
break the cycle, to break the cycle of trauma and abuse. And, um, and that's That's what he chose, you know, chose to do. And then another thing you said, like when you were talking about, again, going to my mother and what she might've seen or said, I mean, I learned through my work with codependency Mm -hmm. is that I can't control what my mother says or what my father says or my friends think, but what I can, but when you're codependent, then you're, you're basing your behaviors and your actions on what are they going to say or do and how are they going to feel with that? Right. We really can't control that, but what we can control is how we show up and how we do things and what we say and things like that. And I think it's just so important uh, for people to hear that too, is that that's all we can do. Yeah. You know, it's also um, really inspiring to hear that you had this guidance three years ago, that you could make peace because this is, you know, so much of my work is when, when it comes to the end of life and often it's actually too late. And then people say either literally on, you know, people who's passing, I wished I could have, I should have. And also the relatives, you know, is exactly that. Oh, I wished we should have spent more time. We should have mentored this. We should have made peace. We should have, you know, all gotten together when we could. And so it's beautiful that you had these three years to be with this situation and sort of grow into it. So now that you can handle it fully awake and aware, and it's it's still painful because it's raw, right? It's love. It's actually really showing you this deep love you carry for your mom and your mom for you. And before maybe it wasn't named that way, but now it can be named this way. And I think that really is what carries you forward also in peace that you can, you know, hold it, even if it's hard and you, and you still grieve it, but there's something really rich and beautiful and so alive. And I always talk about this, you know, what, what, what is it what makes us alive? But it's exactly those moments, these situations, this is it, right? It's what makes us alive and it's heart wrenching and makes us cry, makes us scream, but it also makes this heart of ours, you know, wherever, whatever words you want to say, but it makes us pulsate and we're like, wow. Yeah. Cause you had said that before something about like grief Mm. when there is so much grief, it's really, it show it's showing us love, right? Right. I mean, if we didn't love so much, we wouldn't have the grief that we have. No, we wouldn't. I think Grief to me is it shows us the absence of what we loved. That's why we grieve. And grief is comes, you know, we go through the motions because it's this process. It's a tsunami and it gets less and less and we have to work through it. And the more we love somebody, the more we will feel the grief, the absence, the loss, that hole. Suddenly mm-hmm. that person, the energy is not there anymore. Right. And you yeah. know, also when we when we talk about death. When we talk about death, I think it's it's in this in our society where we the way we live now we made you know death optional, but we, we and so it becomes so dark and heavy. But it's not because it also shows us how did we love, how did we live, and if we can really come to this, you know, I lived well or I loved well, then we can be with the death. And I think that is so so important. And I think people. Again, we don't have the tools. We're shying away. But the more we break it apart and take it apart and really engage on it, we realize that it's all a celebration of love. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you said, how did I live and how did I love? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brendan Bouchard, Mm-mm. but he's a, you um, mentioned before, I think. Did I yeah. mention that before? Yeah. Because yeah. he says that he had a, um, mm-hmm. he's a wonderful motivational uh, speaker. Um, mm-hmm. He has a great uh, book, uh, a few books, but high performance habits. And I've, he came to a convention that I was at and I watch him and follow him. And he had a tremendous, had an awful accident. And as he was kind of waking up in that, you know, at the end of the accident, that's what he heard. It's like, how did I live? How did I love? And he made that decision that he was, if he could live, that he would go and live better, love better and things like Mm -hmm. that. And, and I have to say that as I heard the words from the doctor earlier this week, you know, that my mother had failed a swallow test, you know, Mm because she's having trouble swallowing. And so they did some, you know, uh, test on the bedside, as well as like a I forget what they call it, but you know, that they put and they do an x-ray and follow the swallowing and she failed it. And she said, because of that, we could look at palliative care for your mother. I mean, in an instant, things changed. Right. And, you know, I hopped the phone and I cried and I swore a little bit. And I was like, I knew my mother wouldn't last this year, but I didn't know it was going to come this fast. Mm -hmm. And I just say that because I want, you know, we've heard that before, but I think it's worth noting again that in an instant, in a minute, in a day, your life can change. It can be for the better or it can be for the worse. But, yeah. you know, I learned that in nursing when I worked in rehab nursing and I worked with people that had, para, you know, the paraplegics, quadriplegics, strokes and things like that. I learned that, I mean, this one particular gentleman, he had a stroke. He had, I remember his wife coming in with furs and jewelry and a tremendous amount of money. It did not matter because in an instant when he had that stroke, his life changed. Yeah. I knew a gentleman who stepped off the back porch when he was at a party and he slipped the wrong way and he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Yeah. And so life can change in an instant. And I, you know, want, I want this, and it's been a lovely discussion, but I want people to hear that we have this choice, right? We have, yeah. we have a chance, not a choice, chance, choice, both to live better and to love better and to put down all of this stuff and the yeah. resentment and all of that. And we have a chance to just love better. And that that's what it's all about, you know, is right. to just, can we share the love? Cause then it's gonna, your life will be richer and these transitions or whatever, it, it's going to be better when we can share yeah. with love. I, you know, at the end, really what matters is really the way we loved one another. I think, and as you said, our life changes in a fraction of a second. And we we need to know that nothing is guaranteed. And I said that earlier in the beginning, everything is a gift. Life is so precious And I think when we can really internalize that and wake up in the morning and really honor that and hold ourselves in love, our lives will be more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Now, and also the, I don't know why we we hold on to these things so much, because sometimes we have to ask ourselves, does that matter in three months? Does it matter in three weeks? You know, we get so hung up on things. But it doesn't. But what matters is that we really go out Take that courage and tell somebody, I love you. You mean something to me. You are important to me. I care. 
you know, you you add value to my life. That those are the things, and I don't know why I was so afraid to say these things. Mm-hmm. And the more we say it, the more we radiate, the more we find the connection and the intimacy we seek so badly. Mm-hmm. It seems so simple, right? Right. <laughs> it seems so simple, and I think it. I I just at least for myself, I think <sighs> that sometimes we again we want when we say those things, we want maybe we want the reaction to be a certain way. So mm, when it doesn't, the expectation, mm-hmm. when it doesn't, mm-hmm. then, oh, I shouldn't have said that or, you know, but it's important to say it again for I us, think it, yeah. you know, and the motivation, yeah, is coming from ourselves. I think, it, you know, you should say it because you want to say it and right. that's it. Regardless, it you know, regardless, because you say it, and maybe the person says it back never, but the person receives it. It's energy. Everything is energy. And maybe it comes back in another way. And it doesn't really matter because it comes from you. Mm-hmm. You want to say it and share it, right? And I think that's that's also, there shouldn't be any expectation. And I don't know, maybe then we need to look at the topic of love. How do we love, right? The mm-hmm. quality of our love. Because what does it mean? Unconditional love. We give it. Mm-hmm. Like we learn it from animals, from from nature. When you have a dog or a cat, no matter what, they just come back and they love you. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. And again, just the way the universe worked this week, my friend told me about a movie that she had watched, and she says, "Oh, you have to watch it." And it's called Life Itself. And if you haven't watched it, um, I know that it's on Amazon Prime. That's how I found it, and it was. And again, the movie that I needed to see this week, because at the end, as the mother is dying, that's all I'll say, because you want to watch the movie. But it talks about she talks about how life brings you down and life will bring you to your knees. It Mm -hmm. will. It does. And what we should do is to get back up and we Mm -hmm. should go a little bit like when people like in a in a death situation, you'll be brought to your knees. But our job for the people that are left behind, if you will, is for us to get up and go a little bit farther than they did. I think that's how she said it, but to, to just lead with love. I mean, Mm. it was lovely. I was crying at the end of this movie. I was like, that's what I needed to hear because that's what this is all about. Right. Is that life will bring us to our knees, be it struggles with our children, death of a spouse or a what, you know, whatever. But our job is to get up and to move forward and continue to go on with life and take that. Cause as this mother said, she goes, I'll always be with you. And my mm. mother will always be with me. You know, yeah. I meditate and I can feel the sense of my grandmother and my father-in-law. I can feel the sense of them. And I truly believe that they're still with us. Right. So we carry them with us and we go forward with love. Mm. You know, yeah, and it's also, you know, we are part of genetically, right. They're part of us anyway. We carry them already in our DNA. So they will never, you know, we are part of our grandparents and, and of our parents. So I think also it's again, this when we really step into the energy field, it will always be, we, we, they will be with us. And, you know, when you believe in that, and the energetic connection and I believe in it and you know whatever we want to call it 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 becomes a choice and, it's, and then it becomes also I think it's a, a celebration and the other thing I wanted to add when you said it brings us to our knees and maybe sometimes it always it's it's this contradiction of life right maybe 
it's this opportunity we're giving given from the universe to truly look at ourselves and step into authentic core who we are and sometimes we need it seems like it only works through the wound it only works through the pain only goes through the loss and but again it's also i find you know i'm always looking at the opposite sides and the free framing and it's still is it really a loss or is it also just nothing is guaranteed again in life but then it shows me again that i'm really alive and i can love so deeply and that mm -hmm. in itself is like wow what a gift mm -hmm. my heart is working right right yep absolutely yeah it's a wonderful um opportunity i just am so thankful that you um that we could have this time together because it's meant so much to me at this particular time in my life. And I know that others who are listening are um, going to be blessed by it too. So I really, truly, again, it just mm. makes me feel so good to connect with you. And, you know, what would be some of your parting words or the things that, you know, if there's a few tips or a few, you know, things that you want to share that just are so important. We've said so many of them, so mm. many nuggets, but maybe we could kind of, you know, wrap it up with, you know, right. a few, you know, a few final things of really the things that are important to share here. Yeah, I, well, you know, the more I think we engage and I really would like to people to talk about this more because it's not optional and we're born to die. And, you know, it's, we're going, it's the same as we were born. We're born. It's not pretty coming through the birth canal and there is a doula and at the end it's the same process the other way around and when I, when I look at the tradition of our ancestors there was this holding like families would come together and be together or communities would come together and hold the entire hold this person which is passing and if we can come back to these traditions I feel like there is some sacredness in it then we find ourselves in more in a more intimate community again. So maybe whoever listens and there is a situation arising, and you know maybe this is something to consider to really think of how can the family come together and put distances or discrepancies or whatever aside and celebrate that person and make it. Yeah, maybe make it a celebration instead of just being completely sad and really think of the good times everybody had together and then create this memory of the togetherness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I even, um, it's, it's lovely what you said. I think of when I was at my, you know, folks apartment yesterday and my 17 year old was helping and we were cleaning things up and moving around and then you know, he, we were waiting for a phone call from someplace. And so we had to wait there for a little bit. And my 17 year old and my dad just sat there and talked and, mm. you know, they were sharing these moments and it was like, my dad has this awesome, uh, there's a lot of civil war history in my family. Mm. And um, so he has some, you know, memorabilia there, but he has this awesome sword. And my son was like, just love yeah. he goes that's what I want from grandpa <laughs> that's all I want and so we talked about that and they talked about others and I just listened to them and I thought what and I and I just commended my son as we drove home I said you know those moments that you spend with your grandfather they're so important mm 
-hmm. you know, just spending time and listening to him and him listening to you. It's just really important, precious, precious time, you know. Totally. And it's it's another thing I, I feel like we really need to come back to that we interconnect with the generations because we all gain something, right? The younger gains from the older and the older gains from the younger. And in the so-called olden days, and a friend, you know, it was normal that you would just sit around maybe in this in the square of your village and just share stories. And and I think, I don't know, we gave all of this up in this modern times, again, so-called modern times, right? With industrializations where we put our elderly in these homes. And I don't know, I think there's a different way. We need to come back to these traditions. Mm -hmm. The wisdom, right, is shared forward that way. Like your son talked to your dad. It's like experiences shared, like and then he maybe now he's 17 but who knows maybe in a few years he's like wow i remember when he's telling me that and mm-hmm. now yeah yeah they just yeah yeah it's it is so valuable that time and um because even my mom said that a few years ago she said you know when we're gone you're we don't when they're gone she goes when we're gone you don't have anybody to ask the questions to mm-hmm. so we need to start sharing some of these things which okay. again is really so important um because once they're gone they're unless it's written down we just don't know we don't know that and even my sister spending time with my mom yesterday and was reading the easter story to her from the bible because easter is mm-hmm. this weekend right, yeah. and then my mom was sharing some memories and my sister was chuckling because it was from so many years ago you know like when we were growing up and we were camping but again we sit there and we hold that space and that time to hear those memories and all that yeah. it's so important and um again this has been a lovely conversation i will of course in the show notes give the listeners a chance to find you claudia and um, connect with you and and see the work that you do. But I just truly, I've been blessed by this conversation and it's been lovely for me. And I know for others who um, will need to hear this when they do. So thank you for being with me today. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing. It has been thank great. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for being in your vulnerable space with the microphone. I really, truly appreciate it. And yes, thank you for this conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. People know that uh, they hear me crying on this <laughs> podcast. So, but again, that's that's what I'm about. We just um, stay open and stay courageous and brave and share in knowing that it helps us, but it also helps so many others. So thank you, Claudia. Thank you listeners for coming back and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.